For this episode of Untold, I'm delighted to welcome back Mr. Mike Scully. Mike Kindly was the first guest in the inaugural episode talking about the history and development of Barasti Bar. The response to this was tremendous. At its peak, the podcast was being downloaded by over 250 people per day and showing the true global nature of the travel industry was downloaded in over 103 cities in the first three days and around 1,000 downloads in the first week. Post-recording, Mike and myself heard from many contacts and people around the globe that we hadn't been in touch with for years. And additionally, I received scores of emails and questions for Mike that we didn't manage to cover in the first episode. This hour answers all these questions and more. During editing, I've listened back around four times and each time have learned additional facts, theories, or analogies that I initially missed. The biggest compliment that I can pay Mike is that seldom can I remember learning as many practical hospitality lessons in such a short space of time. From Tiger Woods' influence on golf course design to the steps he would take to escape brand constraints, as well as what he'd do to optimize a hotel opening in 2020. Please enjoy Beyond Barasti with Mike Scully. so much Mike for agreeing to do a, with a part two post Barasti but also a few theoretical questions which have come in from around the globe so um, in terms of your success in opening bars restaurants and hotels we we covered Barasti in great detail we didn't spend any time on what outlets you'd opened at the Crown Plaza Dubai and also at Ibn Battuta Gate and also with the Manhattan-style steakhouse on the Palm. So would it be possible to talk through the opening of some of those? And I think in, in terms of the Crown Plaza Dubai, you're on record as saying that six of the seven were incredibly successful. If you could touch on some of the challenges faced possibly with that outlier and a restaurant that you didn't manage to successfully open, given your track record with many, many more. No, look, I think, um, you know, from, from, a, from anyone opening a restaurant, um, particularly when it comes to a hotel. Now, obviously, in the Dubai situation where we had the alcohol advantage, particularly in those days, where it was only, alcohol was only allowed in hotels, you, you had an immediate start. But everyone, obviously, in the different hotels had that same advantage that, that, that we had. And, and um, anyone wanting to go out for, for, for dining, the dining experience would, would certainly go to, go to a hotel. So we had an immediate advantage um, with that. We, we were opening a, 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 a very large um, multi-use, uh, mixed-use hotel with um, residential, hotel, office, and, and retail. And I think whenever you have a, a, a mix of that, of that sort, which, which many, many properties in, in the likes of Dubai and, and I presume in Singapore and areas around uh, these sort of high, high volume um, New areas, as we like to call them, um, in, in the catering and 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 and, and um, food and beverage world, are, um, and you know from that point of view, we, we we obviously were in a good position to open a hotel and and and, and do fairly well. However, it's like any hotel or any any new venture, that the the dynamics of of whatever you're you're opening have to be right. And I think the first most obvious dynamic is that the the food has to be good, and um, you know, whenever we open something, we, we always try and make a point of difference. So the steakhouse that we opened in the Crown Plaza, as an example, and I mean, all those years ago, um, we were the first people to bring in the, um, the, the, the American um, marbled beef as such. And, you know, that was, it was a marketing point. It was a, it was a failure. We had a first. You know, no one else was bringing in American marbled beef at that, at that stage. And we had, we had found a supplier who it was, it was a specialized um, producer, beef producer, uh, unique beef producer, a fairly small one in, in, in America. 
in the States um, who agreed to supply us. And, and we got, had this aged beef coming through, and it was, it was aged as well. And again, we were the first to, to, to um, do it. And you know, when, you, when you get yourself that sort of advantage, um, you're going to make success of it. Um, we had a second, yeah, we had, we had a, a Lebanese restaurant. Uh, you know, I'd gone with the general manager to, to Lebanon, and we'd, we'd found this fantastic chef who was, again, he, he was well-respected. He came from the Bakov Valley or wherever it was. And, and the moment you put that into the press, you know, it was recognized. And we had, you know, we had the bread oven, the bread girl, and you know, everything about it, including the entertainment, was, was just right um, at the time. And I remember, yeah, you know, we had a German chef, or Wilfred, who who insisted that we we bring in, and we were the first to bring this in the world, was American cheesecake. And he'd said to me, you know, he said, "Have you ever tried the American cheese factory cheesecake?" And, and I said, "Have you know, even heard of it?" And he said, "No, look, it's the best cheesecake you can get." Anyway, we we brought in on the same container as the specialist beef that we had, frozen um, cheesecake factory um, cheesecakes. And so that was another point. And I think the point of what I'm really trying to say is that you know, if you are going to launch anything, you've got to have that point of difference. Um, and, and if you're in a vibrant um, society, particularly like Dubai, um, London, any of these, if you haven't got the point of difference, you really are going to struggle. So, so obviously, so, so we, got, we had the food right, as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think just, but the success of it was, was, was certainly um, bear that in mind. Then you've got to obviously have the atmosphere and the design. I mean, design is key. Atmosphere is key, um, you know, where it is, how you get to it, um, the parking, um, ease of access. You know, these are all things um, which help. You know, everyone talks about Brasti. I don't want to harp on about Brasti again, but certainly one of the biggest, biggest things that Brasti had, particularly with the thousands and thousands of people came, is we had, we had direct parking. Mm -hmm. you know, literally, you could park your car and you could come in and, 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 and access. You didn't have to go into a hotel entrance. You didn't have to go up escalators. You didn't have to go into lifts. It was access. So, so access is, is, is key. And, and then, so obviously, going on from, from, from atmosphere. Um, and then, obviously, entertainment. You know, depending on, on the type of restaurant where you're going, the Lebanese restaurant, which we opened in, in the Crown Plaza, which was fantastically successful, had the best singer, the best belly dancer, you know, um, or certainly whether the best or not is not, but, but certainly very well accepted to, to, to a community. And I mean, we all know the Lebanese community is a very discerning community. You know, they, they know their food, they know their, their, their entertainment, and you know, they won't go to second best. And, and certainly that's, that's um, the, the, the atmosphere that we created when, when, we, when we did that. So you know, so that so that, so the, the success of Crown Plaza certainly being a new hotel where it was, but all those elements, you know, good food, good atmosphere, and good entertainment, um, and when I say atmosphere, you know, it's a design. When you know, when you design these places, and, and there, are, there are a couple of new ones which have opened in in, in Dubai fairly recently, and you know, the, the most fundamental aspect of if you want to. You know, we, we work in a, in, a, in, a, in a herd community, particularly in, 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 the, in these areas where everyone goes to the same places. And, you know, you may have 150 good restaurants in, in a city, but it's 20 of them are packed and 130 of them are, don't do well. You know what I mean? And, and I'm afraid that is what you've got to do. And you only have to speak to golf course designers. And, and I've got a very good friend who's a, who's a golf course designer and he said that one of the biggest aspects of, of designing golf courses in today's world was the Tiger Woods effect yes. and uh, the Tiger Woods effect is that you, know, you'll ha you would have you know, 50,000 people following him around a, around a golf course. Now where do 50,000 people go around the golf course? So the designers have to in turn now design golf courses around having this huge crowd following one person and you know the, the poor other guys, professionals all around the golf course was just about no one, you know, family and friends following them. And there was this huge crowd around Tiger Woods. And and in restaurants, and in restaurants we have exactly the same effect. You know, you, everyone going to things. So you know, if you're going to design a bar and you're going to have a bar in the place, you've got to have a big area around that bar in order to facilitate having the Tiger Woods effect as, as such. And and that was uh, that's really important. And and I think. Some people, some designers um, lose, lose sight of that um, in order to, to create it. So you could have great food and you could have a great atmosphere, but you just can't fit the right people in or they, they don't have an outside terrace because you know, certain times of year people want to be outside. So there are a lot of considerations that you've got to bring into, into um, play 
when you when you're looking at at, at you know the design of these restaurants. There are a number of, of, of other successes where, whereby um, we were just at the right place at the right time. You know, we we, we one of the hotels we we opened and the building itself was was a bit like a, a, a office block. To be honest, and we had this fantastic um, landscaping and fantastic pool, and you know that sort of lifted the hotel. But we had to do something with the food and beverage, and 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 the one restaurant that we we opened and. Um, the, the, the concept behind it was whatever was the latest in the world. And um, you know, we, we, we modeled it at, at, at one stage and it changed through the, through the, through the years as different um, concepts came in. But then at one stage we, we took the El Boule concept. And you know, at that stage, El Boule was, was at the height of, of what they were. And, and if anyone doesn't know what El Boule really does, it, it develops tastes and it develops structure of food and and a lot of what it developed and um, was for for was for it was used in industrial um catching so whether you're doing the you know the instant freezing or you're creating creating you know the, the food which pops in your mouth and, and it's all about it's about feel smell type taste and so we 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 created this restaurant and it had two sides to it one is that it was it was a bit too advanced for Dubai at the time. The people just didn't understand the molecular gastronomy at the, at, at the time. And so it never did fantastically well, but it created a, a culinary experience within a what was ostensibly a four-star building or a three-four-star building and lifted everything, lifted the hotel up. And you know, the restaurant was small. It was never going to make a lot of money. It couldn't make a lot of money just by the size of it. So that's one of the reasons why we created this this. this you know, something which was the latest in the world. And we were the only hotel in the city which had the latest food in the world. And, uh, you know, so we, we, we created something out of it and, and it, it, did, it, did very, it did well and for, for what, we, what we actually wanted it to do. And um, so, yes, no, I mean, that, that's probably it. And, you know, you mentioned West 14 on the Palm. Again, it was, it was the right place, right time. People wanted that type of atmosphere. It was, it was a pool, it was outside, it had a great view. And um, we got the pricing right. Um, you know, pricing is key. Um, uh, you know, after we left um, running the hotel, the prices were, were, were put up quite remarkably and they lost the business. And you know, you've just got to be very, very, very price conscious. And you know, if you can build something and, and you can have a very high price and still do well out of it, and that's your model, fantastic and, and good on you. If you go and build something where you're looking for volume, you're, you're looking for, for regular clientele. And you know, in, the, in, in, in the situation we were there, we had, we had a lot of regulars because we, had, we were surrounded by, well, you know what the palm's like, we, we were surrounded by a, a lot of apartments. And you know, we would have people coming there eating three times a week. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that's just, just the nature of it. The moment you put your pricing up, they don't come at all. So you suddenly lose that mass of, of, of um, loyal, regular clientele. And um, you know, we, we, had, we had probably some of the best beef that you could, you could get in Dubai, again, especially brought in, um, but, but not uniquely so, because the rest of Dubai was also using, uh, serving good meat. But we had, we had good entertainment, a great outlook, great atmosphere, and, and so much space. You know, we could have hundreds of people around there. And that that worked very well. So yeah, and you know most of the restaurants and bars that we've we've opened, we've done it. But there's a formula to it. And um, yeah, and in today's world now, you know the, the the vibe dining is is the new is the new in. Yeah, and and that's why you're finding so many places where where if if um, you, you, you people expect to go in, particularly with the new you know with with the, with the, the new social distancing, go into to 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 a, a, a restaurant eat and then be entertained afterwards in the same environment and the same table. And that's now the new end. And that's one of the reasons why we've partnered with the Livid Group, who are doing a fantastic job um, in, in, the, in the UAE, particularly Dubai and, and Abu Dhabi, taking over a lot of, of, of um, well t you know, traditional restaurants, um, bars, um, uh, um, beach clubs, and, and turning them around and giving this 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 vibe vibe dining and um, that that you will find coming out more and more as, as we develop. Well, 
W14, West 14, that you opened on the palm, it, everything in terms of attention to detail was extraordinarily good. The artwork, the, the steak knives that you provided, like you said, the atmosphere. So that was a concept that you opened when there already were lots of hotels and lots of restaurants established in Dubai. So it was, it was an incredibly competitive time. But I don't remember having a meal in a New York steakhouse that would even rival West 14. So I couldn't speak highly enough of the concept that, that you and Andrew and Guy Epsom and everyone were involved with, because it, it was really a, a tremendous concept that worked really, really well. Yes, it was. I mean, and and as I, you know, with any of these cases, it's 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 a team. You know, we had a great chef who was, who'd come with me all the way from from um, Anston, who had been part of the whole team from from my sort of food and beverage team right from the beginning. And you know, we all understood each other. We knew what we wanted. We knew what the customer wanted. We knew what the pricing was. We knew we knew the dynamics of of making a a, a, a restaurant open. And I think. What you find with too many of the of of, of the big hotels that open, too, yeah, they, have, they have too many new people coming in, um, who don't necessarily understand the dynamics of the city. Um, they don't know what makes it tick. They don't know how to how to you know, pull the right strings. And um, experience tells. And you know, we had a very experienced team. We had had a very experienced team opening uh, restaurants by the time you know, we got to West 14. Mike, you were involved and, and continue to be involved with lots of conversations in and around what a management contract includes, you know, what element and, and how food and beverage is highlighted or amplified and what proportion goes on rooms and, and flows to the, the EBITDA or the gross profit. If you were owner of a three or 400 room hotel in Abu Dhabi or Dubai and you're going to take a decision on food and beverage and, and ultimately which management company to go with, what, what questions would you be asking an operator at, at this stage? Sure, it's a very, very difficult question. That um, it's difficult on the basis that we're in a, in a in a market which is just turning. Now, you know, six months ago, a year ago, if you spoke to any owner um, in any bank, and remember that that management contracts and 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 who has them is are very um, are, are very determined about which banks or which lenders are happy with which operators, and and in, in a lot of cases the the op um, the operator owner um, is forced to take a, a, an operator on or a or a management company and a brand on and so you know that is your fundamental you're starting on a basis that in most cases a, a brand has to come in which brand you choose and how you choose it where we stand at the moment with 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 um, flights you know forgetting the likes of a place like Dubai where I mean, just to, to, as far as Dubai is concerned, and 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 Abu Dhabi, I'd imagine, being the same, is that I, I think they they're in for a very very good time, and the reason they're in for a good time coming up now is that they've um, they've got the lift. You know, it's all going to be around lift. You know, you've you've seen the thousands of aircraft which have been uh, put into storage now or being broken up, and you know, the, 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 most of them are obviously older planes, but. Yeah, if you only had to look at the, the Caribbean market was served by the old 747s. Yeah, what is going to replace that? Where, who's going to come in? You know, these big old long long haul planes have gone. So you know, the likes of, of Dubai with the, with the huge lift that, that, that's coming in. Dubai will, I believe, within the next couple of months be the number one destination in the world. Of course, it's just so easy to get, to get there. And you, know, you have to look at, at, at Singapore. You've got, you've got those airlines and you've got you know, you've got these hub airlines, which ostensibly will be able to serve their own destination first. And you know, how many people are going to want to go long haul or do a second trip from from those destinations? Probably, probably not many. So you've got a place. You've, you've got Dubai, which is just going to boom. Um, I, I believe, and for their sake, I, I hope I'm right. The 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 um, ancillary destinations. You know, whether you're going right the way the Indian Ocean, um, parts of Africa, going on to 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 Indonesia and 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 the East, um, I think I think we we have to split the the East and the West on the basis that I think um, Eastern destinations will be serviced by Eastern clientele, um, predominantly. So they they could have the same effect of having the one um, source market or the source markets which are, are 
Well, we like to call in, in, in the world, is it a golden circle? You know, when we were running hotels in, in, in the Maldives, we had a, a golden circle, which was four and a half hours flying distance from, from there. You know, we obviously had our long haul you know, clientele, Germany, Eastern Europe, Russia, and, 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 and the UK. But that golden circle is quite a unique, it's quite unique. That four and a half hours, particularly in those destinations, because that's short haul, the short weekend stay. And that makes up a significant part of, of, your, of, your, of your market. So, you know, so you're sitting in a place where, where, where you've got uh, certain destinations are going to be fine and it doesn't matter who, which company they take. But um, that's the one aspect that we, we, we've got um, coming in. And the other is that, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you listen to a lot of the, 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 big, the big management companies now, you know, they're talking in a hyperbole. You know, they're, they're, there's nothing that they're actually talking about creating from a new business point of view. And as we're going into this, this into, into what is a very volatile situation on the basis that we don't know where the lift is coming from, where, and I'm talking about all places around the world now, you've got to come with new ideas to, to, drive, to drive business. And people won't be booking brands, they're gonna be booking experiences. And I think that booking experiences have, have certainly become the, the focus of, of opening. And you know, if I was going to be, you know, you get certain cities and you take the UAE and you've got, you've got certain brands and companies which have got well over 60 hotels in a destination. Now that 60 hotels feeding off a lo one loyalty program, because effectively they've got one loyalty program, they've, um, their marketing has got to feed into, into 60 hotels. And, and you know, you'll have another big group who's got 40, 45 hotels, and another one has got 30 hotels, and everyone is feeding into these things. And, and I think it's a, there's, a, there's a real opportunity for individualism now. And I think there's individualism within the big groups. I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to find that. Um, they're going to have to find the lifestyle. Everyone can talk lifestyle. You can't make lifestyle. You need, you need to employ lifestyle management. And I think when you, when you look at a, a group like um, um, Livet, who we're in partnership with, you know, Livet, they're employing staff. They're making, you know, the restaurant manager is like a general manager in a hotel. Um, you've got to restructure your, your, your payroll. You've got to, you know, there's, a, there's a thought process at the moment that, that you can't employ, uh, um, and, and this obviously is, is subjective to where you are, you can't employ um, people in the hotel industry for life now. You know, they're not interested. They're interested, they're not looking at it as a career, they're looking at it as an opportunity at the moment, what you can provide them. Because they don't necessarily want to go and become general manager, they don't necessarily want to spend the rest of their years uh, in it, but they want a job right now. And this is where the whole lifestyle aspect comes where they're cool, they're, they're there for the moment, they enjoy being in that environment, they're either great cocktail people, they're great host, hosting people, or they're great entertainment people. And this is what you've got to be employing. And I'm afraid that at the moment, the, the pay structure and the lifestyle structure of the type of employees that you've got to bring in to doesn't necessarily fit into the, the structure of the old hotel management um, branded style of, of management. So, so getting back to your, your question, you know, I, I, I'm an owner or you're advising an owner, what does he, what, what does he um, choose? He's got so many things he's got to look at. He's got to understand that, you know, what do the banks, what do the lenders want? Are the, the, is the, the, the management company in that area, are they overcrowded? Have they got too many? You know, they, uh, a lot of these, these big groups now, they have city brands. But all brands are coming through effectively through, through, through one centralized uh, sales, sales um, medium. Um, and so you've got you've got you know, very large fees you've got to pay them. You've got um, then you've got large fees you've still got to pay to your OTAs and to your, your 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 booking channels, and then you've got to have a very good relationship with your with your your tour operators to give you a leisure destination. Um, and you know, is your hotel a business hotel? Well, then yes, you probably do desperately need the, the brand. If you're a leisure destination, you know, are the um, will the brands come in and, and support you with their with their um, loyalty customers? Are you the destination where the loyalty customers come in? And it's a it's a minefield. You know? um, but the, the bottom line is, you know, can these guys drive revenue and business into your hotel? Um, you know, you've got to sign a twenty year contract, fifteen year contract, thirty year contract, twenty five year contract. And these are huge long contracts. And 
very difficult to get out of if, if, they're, if, you're not, if they're not able to produce. So my advice would be, you know, if you need a brand and big big group and it's, and it's advantageous for you to have it there, you know, just try and, try and negotiate wisely. Um, if you don't need one and you don't, they're not going to add value um, and it gives you the opportunity of being individualistic, being able to operate outside of, of quite strict um, regimes, being able to, in a, in a market particularly where you've got the millennials who, who like the flexibility, who like the, the vibe type of atmosphere. And remember, vibe can, it doesn't have to be cool with you know, loud music and it can be a good vibe for, for 30 to 40 year olds. It can be a good vibe for, for 50, 60 year olds. It can be the, the right vibe for the right clientele at the, at the right time. Um, so I would say, you know, it, it's, there, there's a lot involved, but the most important thing is, are they able to, in a very difficult market, fill that hotel? Have they got the flexibility? Are they got flexibility on, on getting the right staff for the right position in order to make sure that all aspects of that property work? Because in today's world, it's not just about rooms. Yeah, a, a number of years ago, the big brands, all they wanted was rooms, 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 rooms. Yeah, because as far as they're concerned, they made their money through the, through the system. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I've mentioned in the past, you know, the whole aspect of, of um, the, you know, the management contract being being geared to to GOP percentage. Yeah, I, I'm a, a big advocate of not having GOP percentage as, as part of your your incentive package. It's all about um, um, cash in the bank, you know. And the biggest reason for that is that, you know, we know that food and beverage has a lot has, has a high cost uh, cost. You know, you're lucky to be, to get away with a 30% margin. Now, if you if your incentive um, uh, calculation is based on on you know, achieving a 45% GOP or 40% GOP or 35% GOP, and your rewards are it's an it's, it's an invite for the for the brands to cut back on on things which could make money but at a far higher margin. And then they start palming it out and to giving it to other people who, which may be right on the basis that they don't know how to run lifestyle or know how to run a restaurant. And then obviously what happens is that that goes through as a rent as opposed to a, to, to a high cost um, thing. But they could be making a lot more money for the, for the operator. So for, for the owner. And, and I think it, if owners are going to sign these contracts, make sure it's all about the bottom line, getting as much money as you can into in the property. And if it doesn't come, you know, what are your escape clauses in a, in a market? Thanks, Mike. That's really, really comprehensive and, and super level of detail. In terms of putting your general manager hat back on, in terms of the owner and operator relationship, that's obviously incredibly important, arguably the, the most important stakeholder relationship there is. How, how have you, career to date, managed the relationship between ownership, where you've been at Minasiahi and Seven Tides and, and now at Fiat first and foremost? How do you manage that owner, owner operator relationship? I think, I think you know, owners are happy when, you, when, when your hotels are doing well. The moment the hotels are not doing well, owners are not happy. Now, every hotel I've been involved in, we've done exceptionally well in the market. Yeah? And yeah, if, if you can write it down to every other, good number of reasons, good team, good people, good location, good properties, good owners, good, good everything. And, and I was just very fortunate to be able to, to, to be in there. You know, when, when, with, with, with my, obviously, when I was working with the Dubai government, I'd been placed in, in the role effectively by the government and the, and the, and the brands that we were working with um, that obviously accepted me as a, as a general manager. But you know, it's... it's if I, if I look at the, 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 the relationship now, I was talking about, about you know, a lot of the groups and a lot of the, the, the big um, operators now and, and hyperbole and, and you know, what, the, what the message they're giving. And the whole message tends to will be about safety and security of, of thing and how they're looking after the staff and looking after the guests, which is absolutely right. I mean, that is your number one priority. However, I think we've gone past that now. You know, that's was February, March, April when we launched, that should be the norm. You know, we shouldn't be spouting this out now. What we should be saying is, is, is you know, entrepreneurially, what are we doing to drive business to those hotels? So if I've got 60 hotels in a destination, I've got 40 hotels in this, I've got one hotel in the destination. What is the group are we doing now to do this? Now, they're, they're, they're obviously selling to their loyalty program guys and they're, and they're, and they're, you know, they're driving their business, but you've got to go 
a lot further than that. And I only have to use you know, one of the guys I look at and I think, what a brilliant businessman is Elon Musk. You know, the most, he, every week he's coming out with a new, it's a new battery factory that he's, he's doing it. Now they're going up to 600 kilometers per battery pack. And you know, he's just now launched and he's going to do a smaller car. He, you know, when he was in Berlin, he couldn't park his Tesla, whatever it was. And now he's doing a, a, a smaller one. Why? He's reacting to the market at every time possible. And they're the Bransons of the world. These guys, these real entrepreneurs, that's what they do. They, they're, they're, they're reacting to, to, to the market and they're, and they're driving. Um, things. And you know, we've got to be entrepreneurs. You know, we're, we're not... Uh, you know, I've always believed that the that the general manager is the most is, is the key to your hotel, and uh, I think we're going back to the, the the general manager being key to a lot of hotels. You know, uh, when, when everything was full and 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 people were coming in, um, you know, the destination either drew people into it or the possibly the brand drew, drew people, but but certainly the hotel itself, the experience of the hotel, which was the main driver behind people coming. And I'm talking. Probably more to the leisure markets, you know, the big big city centres and and business market hotels are are, are a different dynamics. But you know, if we're talking about the leisure destinations, and um, the leisure destination is is is, is key. Now, the, the relationship that I always had with with um, the owners of, of whether it was Dubai government or, or or the big families was always that we drove business to the hotels, and there was always something new going on. The restaurants were always pumping. And people were talking about it. The, uh, I think I mentioned in the last one, even Batuta Gate, the, the, the opening was one of the best that we've ever had. The hotel was full. We utilized the resources of, of, of you know, West 14 and the beach, and, and we, we filled the hotel. The hotel was in a fairly difficult position. And wherever you are, you've got to think. And you know, I always think nowadays in, in, in today's world that, that, that these big you know, hotels and, and groups should should actually replace the, the brand custodian with an, an entrepreneurial manager. You know, someone who can drive entrepreneurialism into, into hotels and, and every single property. Someone who's able to, to understand you know, per square meter what they're going to drive and, then, and has, a, has a separate budget, separate means of, 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 of um, filling these things. So you know, where people are bringing us in and, 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 and live it in, that you know, in, in certain places, they must be able to do it themselves, but they can only do it if they have an entrepreneurial streak within the hotel, within the management, within the general management, that they're allowed to go out and think outside the box. They're, allowed, they're not constrained by the necessities of, of, a, of a real uh, pay, pay structure, which is gonna make it difficult. Um, you know, these things, and there are difficulties, don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, um, undermining it. But I think it's, these are this, this entrepreneurism is something which has to be come through if you're going to have a good relationship with your owner, and and that was that's always been the relationship that that we've had, and and we have we you know, we've made a lot of money for a lot of owners. Fantastic. the The industry pre-COVID and over the last um, number of years has obviously been in a a positive growth cycle with performance metrics exceeded in in a lot of key international markets. Yeah. Uh, However, now if you look at look at look up five star properties in Dubai, there are 150, Bangkok 120, and Bali 230. These are all if you go into a, a booking.com and put the five star metric in. But against such a competitive context, how would you open a new hotel and what would be the process and what would be essential considerations that you'd include to stand out? Oh, look, yeah, we just we as a company have just taken over a 96-room hotel in in um, in Yorkshire, in North Yorkshire, in, in Skipton. And yeah, when we took this hotel over, it had just come out of uh, you know the big first wave of of um, lockdowns. Um, and predominantly, this hotel had been a a, a um, coaching hotel you know, because obviously that's a big uh, tourist area within within the, the northern part of the United Kingdom. And um, they had a certain amount, a small, small amount of business, and then yeah, certain, certain a bit of OTA business. But but essentially, they were a, were a coaching hotel. And 
when we took over the property on the 1st of, of August, and with it opening on the 10th of August, they effectively almost had not a single booking on the, in the system. And that, the basis being that all the traditional markets had, had stopped. We, have, we, were, we were heading into to August, which is a, which is a, is a, is a holiday period. And um, so the business market wasn't there, so any of the corporate business was not there. And anyway, we, we opened every channel that you can think of. And we immediately, you know, from being either not in bookings.com or on page eight, number eight of, of booking.com, we got them to page one, number one of booking.com. And we did it at Expedia and we did it. And you know, we, we ended up within 10 days, we managed to, to get the hotel to 75%, or certainly within the 70s occupancy for the month. Um, and then, you know, again, we, we went to, to September, October, and, and September, obviously, there's no business, and your, your, um, your, your leisure market is gone, or your staycation market. So we, we, we got onto Travel Zoo and you know, the consortiums, and you know, we did, we did a, a, a deal with Travel Zoo, and we took 950 room nights yeah, for, for a two-month period. It was, it was phenomenal. I mean, they, they had never, from what I understand, and the feedback I've had, They've never had, a, a, or very seldom had, a, a sale that has gone as, as, as successfully as this one had. And it just meant that we got the right pricing, the right um, offer, go to the right market at, at the right, right time. And that is the key. You know, the key is having the flexibility. And obviously, we don't have to, we're not governed by who we go and do business with, where we do it. We just go out and entrepreneurial, make business and make it work. And you know, you've got to be, you've got to have a multi-channel, multi-business acumen in order to, to be able to fill it. So you know, you, if it's a staycation market, you know to go to that market. If it's a, if it's a, a you know, post-staycation market, you've got to go to that. How do you get your business? How do you get the, the, the OTAs coming in? And, and it's all about revenue management at the end of the day and, and, um, and understanding your markets and knowing your markets. And if, you, if you're too one-dimensional or if you're controlled, because, you're, because of, of whatever restrictions there are by whichever organization you're in, you're not gonna, make, you're not gonna be able to do it. So, um, you know, as I said earlier, I, I believe, you know, the, the, in, in, in our terms, we call it, a, it's a corporal's war. And uh, you know, it is a corporal's war, it's, it's the guy on the ground. You know, it's your general manager, it's his team. These are the guys who, in, in today's world, are really gonna drive it. And, if you're, if you're employing um, people on the basis that you say that the, the brand or the group or the group is bigger than the, than the, than the operational team, um, you could be making a big mistake. Now, there are hotels in New York and London or wherever, and, and the brand is far bigger than the, the team, and the team is really our custodians of just making, making whatever's coming in. And, and that absolutely is, is, is right, and, and I support it. However, if you're, if you're in a hotel which isn't that way in China, then that flexibility, that entrepreneurialism, that drive, the knowledge of the uh, thing, not having people, you know, putting people to, having the pay structure too low so that the, the general manager isn't experienced enough, that's just going to lose a lot of money for, for, for the owner. And, you, you know, it, it takes a, a, a clever team to bring the right people and have the right dynamics for every single opportunity or hotel that you, you're going into. So that's from the, the positioning and, and um, the hotelier perspective. If you flip that round and look at the buying decision, if, uh, if everything is lifted and, and there's a bit more flexibility and you're going to say, okay, it's going to take my kids and go on holiday to Dubai in the February half term. How, how's someone going to make that buying decision and, and what's going to be key for them looking at such a competitive market and, you know, knowing what is new, where to stay, those best in travel newsletters with all the deals. You know what, you know, what, I'd, I'd, what I'd like to turn that on and, and go a step back and say, you know, it's, it's, it's all very well saying, okay, depending on your property, you know, what, what are we gonna do right now? But let's, let's take it a step back and say that if I was in a place again, like Dubai, and you say there are 150 hotels, what was my point of difference? What is going to be, what have I created in that property in order to be able to go and out and sell in the market and do it? And you know, if, in, in, let's take your OTAs out of it now and you know, your bookings.com, your Expedias and, 
and your, your traditional uh, ideas. They, you know, you've got to make sure you're in the right positioning and, and you've got the right price. And, and you know, that's, that's your normal sort of revenue management. Let's, let's, let's say that because we're a tourist destination um, that we're going to be selling predominantly through um, the, the tour operators. So, you know, what is going to make me different for a tour operator? Now, we only have to look at the, the traditional, the two, the two biggest hotels in, in that destination, for example, Atlantis and, and the Jumeirah Group. So what, are, what, what drives them, besides the fact that they've got good rooms and good services? The two big drivers for those, for those properties is the fact that they've got, a, they've got their in-house water park. And that drives business. That is a huge driver. Now, here, you, here we've got groups with 60 hotels, 40 hotels, 30 hotels, and with no water park. Yeah, so they, they're trying to attract people in, but they haven't got a water park. You know, if I was heading up those groups, I would have, I would have a small water parks in, in, in between all my hotels. I'd I'd have found a way of getting. You know, if there's a bare spare, one's got a spare bit of land. You know, we would have been, you know, we would have fitted it in. I would have got an entertainment. I would have, had, I would have more entertainment. I would be driving the thing. You know, we, with with our group with Livet, they've just taken over. The, uh, the pool deck of a very mundane pool deck of a, of a very pretty ordinary hotel. And they made a fantastic success of it. Why? Because they're giving the right atmosphere, the right people, they put the colors in, they put the right beds in, it's cool, it's a place to be. And you know, that's what the hotels need to do. Now, good on that hotel for bringing Livid in to, 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 to run it. So, I mean, I think I said earlier, you know, people are not, they're not buying for a name, they're buying for, a, for an experience. And you've got to have the facilities and you've got to have the experience. You know, they don't necessarily, if they've got families and kids, they don't necessarily want to go out you know, a long way in a taxi every time they want to go down a, a slide. You know? Um, you know, we were very involved at, at one stage with a, with a, with a family hotel. It's a European based in the, in the, in the Austrian Alps. And they were a specialist family hotel group. And I love the concept. Um, and the concept based around the fact that they looked after, but properly looked after, zero to five-year-olds. And you know, the zero to five-year-old market is a huge market. And, and, and the, one of the most fun, the biggest reasons that they're so successful is that you know, zero to fives are not governed by school holidays. So you're able to get families and with outside of school holidays to come in and, and you know, you've got to change the room style a bit. You've got to have an, a, a separate area. I mean, these guys created igloo type rooms within a room. And so, you know, there's, there's privacy and noise and, and various things. And, and it worked. And it was a great concept. And so, you know, whether it's your, your zero to five or your family or, the, or, or skiing or water skiing or, or um, uh, you know, the type of entertainment you do, you've got to create a, 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 an atmosphere and for, for for people to come into it, and uh, that's really what I, I would I'd be saying. You know, and you've got to start. You can't wait till you you, you you you. It's a cookie cutter type hotel where every hotel is exactly the same, and you're relying on some of the activities of of the destination. And certainly, you know, places like Dubai. You know, Dubai has sold Dubai as such. Yeah, the airline has brought people in. And um, seven hours from Europe, great sands, great beaches, great um, uh, uh, facilities. And so Dubai was instrumental in filling Dubai hotels, not anyone else as such. And the success of individual properties was down to the property and how well they did. And, and as we mentioned, you know, Jumeirah, obviously, they had, they had a water park. Atlantis had a water park. Um, and, and all the other entertainment that goes around, what, what they do, and they've done a fantastic job. And and so I would my my line would be make 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 a reason for guests to come because to all intents and purposes your service is going to be the same as everyone else or maybe a little bit better but you know how good can your service be unless you're charging a huge amount and then then you're going out of the the, the economic realms of reality and so it's it's a it's all about experience. Well, a good, probably a good follow on the family theme. You've been very vocal for many years about uh, the need for the UAE to have more affordable family options, and particularly in terms of when Abu Dhabi was investing a lot in the islands. You you were 
perplexed why there were not more family activities and and uh, excursions. Have you heard of any developments or openings or signs that, that show that the destination may be moving more into the vision that you'd have for it? So look, I think I think what I was, I was really saying at the time was that you know, if you get a destination where everyone can be a bit of everything. So in other words, you know, a hotel was able to turn its tap off to the leisure market when they could get a higher rate from the exhibition market, for example. Or there was big events and they would turn a tap off again and to that market and then they would turn it on to, to, to um, the business market or, or events market at, at whatever was happening at that time. And, and during the growth phases of, all, of these cities, that was very much the, the situation that, that we were in. And what it did is it alienated you from um, a large sector of the, 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 the mid-market tourist market and the three four-star market. So everything was being built five-star and big and luxurious and full of marble and lots of air as they, as they, you know, they like all these, these bases, which made it too expensive for, for the average market. And, and I just always pushed and, and felt that, that as a destination, they, were, they, they could have gone in and made far more of a play of the, of the three, four-star market and maintained the five-star market. And, and I just felt that, and I think I was saying it last time, that, that a place like Abu Dhabi had, had lost an opportunity to really go in and, and take that, that, that tourist market. But... You know, and it's great to have you know big theme parks in in the area, but people want to be able to come out of their room, have an activity, and go back into their room and 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 shower. Particularly if you've got family and kids, and and I just I just felt that there, there was an opportunity that someone else could have taken it. I know Dubai with with the third palm had the intention of doing exactly that, and I think they've got their first Rio hotel now, which is about to open which is going in for, for that sort of market. So the intention was there. I just think it came uh, years too, too late, and meaning that you know, when you get a, a, a situation like you have now, um, you, you've lost an opportunity with, a, with quite a significant market. And you know, years ago, I had big, big discussions and, and not everyone believed in the all-inclusive market. I was a big advocate of the all-inclusive market. Um, the all-inclusive market doesn't, isn't a cheap market. It doesn't have to be a cheap market. It can be a cheap market, and it certainly is a, a cheap all-inclusive market. Um, but the, um, if you, you, know, you only have to look at the, the cruise industry to understand you know, how, how good and lucrative the all-inclusive market is, and, and, and that is it. And um, you know, I, I think if, if you take the fact that the, cruise, the world cruise industry has died, and it's and it, certainly for the moment, um, and, and I don't think it's going to get going for, for a long time. And certainly all these hotels have an opportunity to be taking on the, the, cruise, the cruise market. And we were about to launch in the hotel that we, we had in Sipa, we were about to launch a whole West End production. Yeah, we've got a big ballroom there. And we were going to launch a West End production on the basis of trying to get cruise people who, who would have been going on a cruise, they come and stay with us three or four days and we were going to have a, a whole entertainment two different West End um, shows and speakers in between to go for, for markets which aren't able to get in. And certainly if, if, if I was operating hotels in some of these destinations now, I would be going and trying to, to, to look at opportunities within markets which aren't able to develop at the, at the moment. And so, yeah, that would, be, that would certainly be my line there. Thank you, Mike. In, in terms of design, it, it's not necessarily given as much weighting as it, as it potentially should. And um, possibly brand perspective sometimes could be considered cookie cutter or off the shelf. What, what's your view and, and the opinions on the importance of design in both hotels and food and beverage outlets? Well, I think I, I, I touched on, on it earlier where we were talking about, about the Tiger Woods effect where, you know, if you're going to have a, a busy place, you've got to make sure that your, your, your design can, can facilitate people coming in. So in other words, ease of access, ease of parking, ease of, of, of um, space and, and, thing, and particularly space even more so now because of, of, of the situation we're in. There. But, you know, design, it's, it's all about style and it's, 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 it's blending the, the interior design with the, the architecture of the building. 
making sure that the architecture of the building is, is practical and for, for what you want. Now, you don't always have the luxury of that on the basis of the plot of land may be um, difficult and you've got to go up 20 stories, 30, 40 stories. And yeah, so obviously, if you've got the luxury of land and space and area, yeah, you should be utilizing it. And, and again, touching on what I was saying a little bit earlier, if you've got space to put a, a, a mini water park in or, or, a, or a mini entertainment area for kids and, and that, whether it's, it's, it's splash pools or, 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 or something more elaborate, um, you should do it. And if you've got a place where you can have music and, and DJs without disturbing all your guests, you need to have it because these, these are big, big drivers for bringing business in. And yeah, I've always believed that yeah, the first person you should always be having is is your is, is the secretaries. You know, you should be, and you know, the secretaries are generally fairly young and mobile, particularly in these new destinations, and they're the ones who are going to be putting people into your hotel, because, and 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 the, because they've be, they've been there, and and as with the you know, the people who do the advertising and the marketing, and and you know, you become cool because they find it cool to be there, and so they are going to be the ones that are that are filling you, you but um. You know, the hotels have got to be eclectic. They've got to be, um, they've got to have a, a cultural side to them. You know, you've, you've, you've got to understand the, the, where you are and, 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 and certainly give some reference to the destination, I believe, as much as possible, if you can. Give a feel that if you're in Arabia, you're in Arabia. If you're in the Maldives, you're in Maldives. If you're in Mauritius, you're in Mauritius, you know. And, so you know, there's a lot that comes into it, but but the practicalities of design are huge. And you know, the amount of times I've been to to a bar and, and there's no over, they want people to sit at it, but there's no overhang, you know, and it's just not comfortable. And so and how many times I've been to restaurants where the seats are not comfortable, you know, where they don't wrap around you, you know, they're too straight up, where they've got benches, and I mean, the, some of the worst benches that I've ever had. And and and. Um, and then, you know, can you see the cooking, what are the live cooking stations, you know, how open are people, do? does a chef come out, do you meet the, the chef, do you meet the people? Um, that's all part of, part of the, the, the design as such, which is the concept. And, and design and concept, I think, go, obviously go, go hand in hand to, to, to a large extent. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's you know you you have your your you know, we we all remember Philip Stark who came out with the new and I, I love the, the original concepts of of you know, going into a, into a bar for example and I remember in London Soho and you had the big table long table and you had lots of groups along it just brought everyone together you know and and, and you felt that you were part of it instead of individual tables. Um, and that was a, that was a, a great first design. And now you you know you've got the high tables everywhere, and you've got the long tables coming in. But you know he was a visionary, and and he was one of the first people to 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 start with those. And I think that you've just got to always be aware of 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 you know, what's the latest happening now. No one would have foreseen foreseen where we are now. And um, but I think I think you're going to find that social distancing is is here to stay for a while. And um, but you'll be able to stay in your group. So you've got to make it as comfortable as possible within within your group. Um, thank you, Mike. In in terms of uh, discussions last time about veracity, we we talked a little about the Dubai bar scene and club scene and how exclusive and uh, expensive some some areas and and some bars were. I was having a conversation over the the weekend with a, a friend who talked about. A, a large bill they'd seen posted in Dubai, and it was really to do with champagne and lighters and fireworks. And I remarked to him, and I think I remember correctly, but a nightclub was opening under Ibn Battuta that went one further than champagne competitions and actually moved on to dry ice machines? Yes, that's right, yeah. Could, could, could you just briefly describe what that was and, and the purpose because people were paying a lot of money just to have the ability to, to fire dry ice from their capsules. Yes, well, it was, it was, again, it was, it was being something different, you know. So this uh, nightclub, they, they had dry ice coming up through the tables. <laughs> so they had a network within the things, so wherever you were, and then you could push a button and you'd have dry ice spurring out over everyone. And, you know, some people would, instead of buying champagne, they would buy 10 pushes of the button. Because remember, <laughs> obviously, you had to have the dry, dry ice machine, so you could have dry ice everywhere. And it was, it, it was a big seller. People loved it. You know, how long, I mean, I, I left 
quite a while after after that, and I think it, it was a private it was a it was a private um, uh, company who did it, and uh, we just leased out the space, um, and I think they, they, it was good for a while, and I don't I don't know how much longer it lasted after the, the first six months or the first year, but it was a gimmick, and and gimmicks gimmicks can work, you know, it's got a lot of press, it's got a lot of publicity, um, and yeah, you know, so that 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 is a good one, yeah. I think I think a lot of these these big bills that are placed are, are just publicity. Um, I know one big bill came out, and I think they opened the dockets one minute and closed it ten minutes later, and they just created it in order to create a story about some person who who had apparently spent all that. And then again, that, that hopefully will attract big spenders again to beat it. Whether that works or not, I've never tried it. No, well. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay has launched an £80 hamburger today, so the, uh, the, the PR continues. But in terms of STK and Livit, is it possible just uh, just on closing, just to talk about some of the projects that you've got coming up that's particularly exciting and what opportunities there, there may be for Livit to go into other markets? Well, yeah, they're, they're already um, they're in the UK. They're they're, they're in. in I mean, I, I'm not. A, I can't really speak for them, but they're, they're partners of ours, obviously. And in, in from a point of view of of, of co-working, yeah, we've we've gone into Ethiopia with them on on three projects, and we're busy working on on two two other destinations with them. We're looking at Cameroon, and we're also looking at, at Maldives and Mauritius with them. So, um, you know, they've got their own their own private um, thing. But they, you know, they they, 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 they I think the the, the Idea behind um, a group like Livet is is not just the fact that anyone says, okay, we can open a fancy restaurant, and I've, I've opened fancy restaurants successfully uh, as an individual unit. But with with the if you're going to go into the market of of particularly the younger markets where entertainment is key, and and part of that entertainment is DJs and and music and and having the right the right people. It's very difficult to get the right, and you know, we were talking earlier about about the herd, herd the, the herd impact, and the herd um, syndrome, and and you know, people will go to a place because of the DJ. They won't go because the the, the booze is the same, the cocktails are the same, the pools the same, the water is the same. You know, destinations will be a little bit different, but but you know, your your differentiator in today's world could be is, is your entertainment to to a large extent. Now, when you get a, a group such as Liver to who are with SDK and, and they're in Ibiza and, and they're in, 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 in certainly in Manchester and London and uh, quite extensively now in Dubai and, and Abu Dhabi. They, um, they've got access to music. They've got access to the top DJs. Now, if you've got access to top DJs, you, you may be able to, and you're using them regularly, I guess you, just like if you use a hotel regularly and you've got a, you have a corporate rate, they're able to get them. And they obviously get loyalty from them because they, they're gonna put them into, into a number of other places. So, that's the dynamics around around that. Yeah? They're going into to, to hotels where, and I, I mentioned this earlier, where the pay structure doesn't allow for a hotel to do it because within their ethos and they and they they can't they can't just can't do it. So it's a good idea to bring in an outside company, and you can you can you can bring in the right people who are going to attract the right clientele. And I mean, you know, these places take significant revenue nowadays. Um, and you know, they're building. They're building up a, a very good relationship with quite a few um, uh, of the Dubai organisations or the government organisations within the UAE who are, who are bringing them in again to to look after their retail um, out, outlets. Um, so they've got a, they've got an extremely good model. Um, we obviously we, we bring in the in the hotel side of it. So so we are the hotel operator and and they are the um, food and beverage lifestyle operator within within the partnership. Um, and and I think more and more hotels and groups are going to have to do that. However, my advice would be for some of the big groups to break the mold and start creating those themselves. But they 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 have to break the mold because they can't do it under their present structures. And and that's where I was saying bring in the the entrepreneurial manager to start looking at looking at at, at that that sort of format. Mike, thank you so much for for taking us through uh, in depth some some stories outside of Barasti and some more successes in the F&B space and some of your insights and views on owner operations and what could potentially be uh, the future of hospitality over the next uh, shorter term. It's always a great pleasure speaking with you and uh, look forward to speaking with you again soon and, and look forward to the feedback that we receive from uh, 
from this second instalment of the talk. Thanks, guys. Dad, good speaking to you. Take care. Okay. All the very Cheers, best Mike. in Yorkshire. Cheers, Mike. Yeah, you as well. Thanks.